Hey techies, I'm your host, Tasia Custody, and today's episode is all about Canada's Bill C-18. And lucky for us, we've got friend, digital media instructor, tech expert, and fellow co-host of Momentous Live, Tristan Jutra, with us to help break down exactly what Bill C-18 is, the pushback from big tech, and what it means for consumers, including a potentially major impact on Canadians' access to information online. Let's dive in. You're listening to Talk Techie to Me, a podcast that explores the latest and greatest technology and how this tech impacts our lives. I get it, tech can be confusing. That's why I'm diving deep into the tech world to bring you the information that matters most in a relatable, straightforward way. Tristan, thank you so much for joining me again for another episode of Talk Techie to Me. I really appreciate it. Always glad to be here with you, Tasia. Sometimes I, I'd like to say to you, I wish we would talk under better circumstances. <laughs> um, but first, as you know, today is all about Bill C-18. So I just want to break down really in layman's terms what Bill C-18 actually is for those that might be confused with what we're even talking about. So this is a new law that has been enacted in Canada, and it's often referred to as the Online News Act. So what Bill C-18 does is it really requires digital platforms, so think big tech companies, to pay Canadian media news outlets for posting or linking to their news content. I want everybody to kind of picture like Meta and Google. And as a side note, when I say Meta, sometimes we might jump back and forth and say Facebook, Meta, owns Facebook and Instagram. So just to clarify that for everybody, really what we're talking about here, when we're talking about like, you know, Google, Facebook, Instagram. So with Bill C-18, companies like those big three are going to have to pay Canadian media outlets simply for showing links to their sites. I will reserve my judgment for now because I assure you something tells me we're really going to get into it. We will not hold back. We will judge away. We will. This is going to be a judgy podcast, let me tell you. But first, Tristan, tell me, what is the government of Canada saying the purpose of Bill C-18 really is? Like, like why and what are they hoping to get out of this? Well, ultimately, uh, to quote Pablo Rodriguez, the Canadian Heritage Minister, they claim that the tech giants, and we'll get into what they mean by that, need to pay their fair share. Ultimately, they want the tech giants, in this case, Google and Meta, which owns Facebook and other platforms such as Instagram, and to cough up some money to negotiate deals with the various news media agencies and outlets in Canada to compensate them for these posted and linked articles, as you mentioned. So not only articles that are that may be posted natively by these platforms, but anytime someone else shares a link on there as well. And the Canadian government estimates that this could generate about $300 million uh, Canadian for said news agencies for them to divvy up in a, however, in a manner um, by which everything is you know, negotiated. Another uh, Canadian official actually said that, you know, these tech giants are stealing news mm-hmm. from these new news agencies. And I mean, that's not exactly really what's, what's happening now with here. Now, there is some nuance. I think it's important for us to, to, to tease things apart a little bit because you know you they're put you post a link or you know the a link is featured uh, to a news story on one on uh, you know Google News or on Facebook. 
and there is a headline, and sometimes there's a little blurb. Now, in some cases, a larger portion of the article might be shared natively on that platform. And I think that is where we can agree that maybe that is a little problematic because if you give the reader too much information there, there's very little incentive you know, to, and to go to the destination website. And we'll get into that a bit more. Mm -hmm. But really, this is about the advertising dollars. And the idea here is that if people can get everything, they, all the news they need, even if it's just a snippet on Google or on Facebook, without having to click through the, to the destination site, it deprives the, the news um, outlet of the advertising revenue that they would get from the eyeballs on their website, you know, for display ads, or they may even have uh, pay-per-click ads on there. And then Google and or Facebook are just scooping up those that advertising revenue. And those two combined basically own the lion's share of the online advertising market. Now, the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has vowed to continue to make sure that we are supporting the ability of Canadians to get local news, to get quality journalism, no matter what ends up happening with uh, Google and Meta in this. And I think we can all agree that journalism is important. An independent, unbiased, you know, series of journalistic organizations, you know, news outlets. And I think we can also agree that in the last 25, you know, 20, 25 years since the mainstreaming of the World Wide Web, with so much news going online now and the precipitous decline in things like newspaper uh, subscriptions, magazine subscriptions, and so on, that the hard journalism has had a tough time. Even TV newsrooms have been cutting, cutting back like crazy as well. There's been um, some other affordances have been made to make things more efficient, which I think newsrooms should be doing. And we'll talk about some of that in the, the current reality of today. But ultimately, you know, th there are other industries that have been disrupted by the internet as well. And are we like, is the, is the, is the Canadian government insisting that um, you know, that Amazon subsidized Sears and Eaton's, you know, in, in some way, uh, because they're selling the same kind of product. It's just, there's all sorts of good and bad analogies that one could make. But for some reason, the, you know, journalism industry, the news industry is getting, you know, favored nation status, so to speak, in this whole uh, situation. I think we can also agree as well with the the decimation of so many news organizations, it's actually led to more consolidation. Consolidation was happening anyway, and we can see that with things like uh, Clear Channel across the United States with so many radio stations consolidating. And we've just had a recent Rogers and Shaw merger here, which they own uh, various media properties as well as infrastructure, such as you know, internet and cable and, and telephone connections. So consolidation is increasing and consolidation in journalism maybe isn't that great either because then you have a lesser diversity of viewpoints on any you know, given news story. I want to touch a lot on this in a little bit because it begs the question, is this really the way to solve that issue? When I think of, you know, the major conglomerates in Canada, I'm usually thinking of like Bell, Rogers, you know, like there's like a couple. Post media, yeah. Right, there's a few names and that's it already. So I'm, we're gonna get into it in a minute mm -hmm. on, is this actually the answer to help that? And also I love these analogies and we're gonna touch on some more of those later as well. But I think it's gonna be helpful. Like you touched on the fact that this 
law specifically applies to companies with, quote, significant bargaining power imbalance. So that's why we're talking about it. It's just for the big tech companies, okay? So, you know, a little bit of a background here is this bill, C-18, has been modeled on something similar like we've seen in some other countries like Australia. But I need to be very clear, it's not really the same thing that happened in Australia because I've been reading that in a few spots and I don't think that's exactly the case. So in March of 2021, Australia, you know, made a law very similar to this that they call the News Media Bargaining Code, I think was their name for this. And basically what happened is Facebook, I think Google as well, briefly blocked news from Australian feeds. Yep, for about a week. But the government was able to reach an agreement with both of them. And, you know, now they're saying this is a big success because it's helped get, what, 200 million Australian dollars to these news organizations. And and for, for our listeners, that's about 140 million U.S. and about 175, 176 million Canadian. So that's a fair bit of money so far. To Split be up, divvied, divvied up. Divvied up, yeah. So is that... right? I mean, it's, I'm sure it's helping. I don't know if it's saving journalism per se, but it's probably helping. Right. Yeah. And And really, from what I'm understanding is... Meta and Google reach deals with about 30 companies in Australia. So divvy that up how you will between these 30 companies. And how I'm understanding it is that, you know, basically this is like a law that's on the books, but it hasn't really applied to them in a sense, because from what I gather is the threat alone of it happening, Google and Meta were like, well, let's go to these companies directly and we're going to make our own deals. Mm -hmm. And so that's my understanding of what happened, which is not really entirely, at least yet, What's happening here is we know that Google and Meta have been in negotiations with the Canadian government. And so far, it's been no dice. (laughs) So, I mean, this leads into the whole other thing of breaking news. Meta and Google have said that they are going to block links to Canadian news agencies. So they're going to be removed. And I just want to be clear with what this means for everybody. Like, I want everybody to picture a Google search. You're in Canada. I'm going to search for this, I don't know, whatever news story you want to search for. And now, not right now, it hasn't come into effect yet. We'll talk about it in a second. But theoretically, no Canadian news sources are going to come up in your search results. That's what Google is saying. They are pulling it. They've had enough. They have reached a wall with the Canadian government. Enjoy all your... American and worldwide news sources, Canadians. <laughs> that's all right. you'll be seeing if this if that, that something doesn't happen here. So just to the point of the Australian deal, like you said, they they managed to resolve this issue by negotiating these deals with these uh, thirty news outlets. Actually, in Canada, Google and Meta do have some existing deals with some organizations now. In the Australian case and in the current Canadian case, it's all a little bit opaque. There's not a lot of transparency here. And depending on how this is all executed, we could end up in a similar situation where there's not necessarily a, a, a ton of visibility or there's no ton of there's no visibility currently. I think the Canadian government is hoping that it'll all be out there on the table to show who's getting what out of this. And if it was to happen, I agree that some transparency is definitely important. Now What's concerning, though, and I, you know, this is what happens when Google and Meta cave to the Australian government, and you've got California is considering doing, the state of California, not even yes. the country, the state of California is considering doing this kind of thing. And you know, there's one thing 
that's that's a certain is governments love to regulate and you know sometimes it's warranted sometimes they get a little over their skis but anything they feel like oh it's getting a little out of control they and i think if so many people feel burned by the whole um growth of the web and the advent of social media and a lot of the um, knock-on effects from that and there's been some you know not so great things along with all the amazing benefits that we've uh, we've received but once you got individual states thinking about it and we've we've even seen in the u.s how about individual states want to ban tiktok so to right. your point which by the way yeah. sorry to interrupt you that's how if something similar is to happen in the u.s where i am that's most likely how it's going to happen is a state-by-state -state basis because we don't do a lot of things federally yeah. I can tell you that. And we don't have to go to the, all the examples that have just happened with everybody's rights being walked back. But it, it'll probably, like Tristan's saying, be on a state-by-state -state basis. But Tristan, does the government not understand how the internet works and how search works? Do you not see an issue with this? Like fundamentally, if I'm a news organization or whoever, and you search something and you click on my link, that's bringing you to my site. That's search traffic, that's ad revenue for me. And I didn't have to pay to play, which I also wanna get in. There's also a whole argument for, isn't this a flawed thing in the beginning because can't, I'm gonna ask you 17 questions here, but like, cause I'm mad now, but like, <laughs> can't news organizations opt out of being in Google search? So like, I don't understand this whole thing. If they don't want, if it's yeah. so hurtful and it's killing their business, which is a flawed argument and just flat out not true at all, that is not what killed your business, then just opt out of it. If, oh, if you hate it so much and it's killing you. Well, yeah, that's what's being left unsaid there. It's just, right. I think the Canadian government can join a long list of other uh, governments and super governments say, such as the EU and not really understanding how the internet or tech works in general because you have <laughs> they're run um, often by lifelong uh, you know lawmakers and bureaucrats and not tech people but not that to say that you know a technocracy is the way things should go necessarily but let's you know let's look at all the issues and not cave to a number you know special interest lobbyists such as those uh from the uh media side of things so to your point about um the impact on you know, Canadian uh, consumers, and then we'll get into some of the, the other nitty gritty. Remember all 17 things I just yelled at you. Right. <laughs> well, the crazy thing is, so like you said, if, if right, right now, um, and, and it hasn't happened yet, if Google and Meta were to simply uh, you know, block the Canadian news outlets from Google search and from meta platforms such as Facebook and Instagram. Although people don't share a lot of links on Instagram, quite frankly, right. except in your bio. Like that's that's one of the quirks of Instagram. You can't really share links properly in a post. But so they'll, they'll be gone from, let's just say, you know, for the argument's sake, Facebook and Google News. Um, you know, that, and that means you you can't you won't see news uh, being shared from Facebook itself or for. If you try to share a link on Facebook, it'll just pop up a message that says, nope, sorry, you, you can't do that. Correct. And also with Google, yeah. it's it's Google search, it's Google news yes. and discover products. So that's also meaning they're not going to be able to operate in like Google news showcase, which basically mm -hmm. is in Canada, which basically is what helps like like i use google news every day news.google.com mm -hmm. and i have it all tailored you know by location and technology and whatever different categories so google news showcase basically feeds google news so it's also affecting that so not just your simple google searches but all of your google products and facebook and 
and it's wild. It almost it almost makes you think that maybe this this legislation was drafted by boomers, you know, not to start like not to start <laughs> a uh, a generational war here, but their current definition of digital news intermediary is they're only targeting Meta and Google. It's like yes. how many young people do you know get their news from like Facebook or Google? They're not including Twitter. They're not including tiktok nope they're not which including... is a huge search <laughs> yeah. engine by the way now <laughs> yeah. tiktok they're not, yeah they're not including you know you know microsoft you know, slash bing which you know maybe they have smaller market share but fine um they're not including apple and we'll we'll, t- we'll get into apple a little bit in a moment because they ha- kind of have a different uh, approach to news not to mention decentralized platforms like Mastodon for what it's worth. And that's where a lot of tech nerds are, you know, nowadays or the fourth, you know, or blue sky, which is, you know, decentralized and op- operates, you know, as part of the fed fediverse, the federated uh, universe of, of social media on the web. None of those are being impacted. They're not going to, you know, so <laughs> they're, they're not, they're not going to demand payment from all these independent server operators on Mastodon because this is not workable. They're basically scapegoating two of the largest uh, beneficiaries of advertising revenue. And that's really Correct. the tell here that it's about advertising. Oh, wait, there's one other thing. What else have we been talking about a whole lot in the last year, and especially since the end of November? What could it be? What, could it be? what sort of technology could we be using that's intelligent agents mm. that we could go and you know connect to the web and get our news for us and deliver it uh, our, our custom feeds right to us a little something called ai this isn't even consider that so you can design your own yep. uh, you know and there's lots of already out there that you can grab that are using large language models such as gpt 3.5 and gpt 4 to go and find news for you and deliver it to you like whether you want it by rss or email or you know what have you and that's not included. Like, I think more and more people are going to, especially the tech savvy ones, are going to be getting their news that way. Not to mention the fact that a lot of news organizations themselves have been using AI for the last few years. CNET.com being one big one that was called out uh, a few months ago, because there's a lot of news that really doesn't require a lot of massaging to get across to people, such as financial reports mm-hmm. and like sports results. And that sort of stuff. So let's let's not kid ourselves here. It's not like you know, that, that that media has not been using AI, but somehow AI is kind of not be. The problem is, it's like, oh, how do you regulate that? How this? How do you regulate all these spe- all these tools that have been you know cropping up? It's like, no, they're going for the big, easy right. targets. This is where they're starting. Which you bring up a lot of other good issues, like good points that gets me thinking and I'm going to yell 17 more things at you. Oh my God. It's like, I'm trying to focus here, but it's like, yes, preach. I want to be like, great word, Tristan. Basically, I'm trying to say this delicately. (laughs) I don't want to, I mean, I don't. Why start now? (laughs) Why start now? I mean, tell me how you really feel, but it's like, first of all, they don't understand how fundamentally web and search works, which I think we can all agree on that. But this also to me, basically leads into like restricting Canadians access to information online, which call me silly, doesn't solve the problem at all. So I'm going to be really blunt when I say this, because you kind of hit on this a little bit, but it's like, and I don't know if this is a saying, but like adapt or die. Like, I don't know what to tell you. If this bill is based on the fact that newspapers, like, let me just take like more of an antiquated thing, right? Like we're going to talk about print journalism for a second. Adapt or die. I don't know how to say that delicately to you, Tristan. Like, it is not 
Google's fault or Facebook's fault. And we're not here to support. This isn't like a sponsored by big tech. That's not what's happening here. Currently not shareholders of either. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, so we could argue a lot of faults of theirs. And that's not what we're saying. That can be true at the same time as this. To me, you cannot say because somebody came out and did something better and the internet was invented and then companies came along and said, hey, here's a cool way to get information and you didn't adapt. How is that their problem? So that to me is the fundamental issue of this. And I don't know if, you know, if I'm being a little, a little harsh with that. We can talk about all the analogies in the world and I know you touched on one earlier, but I pulled up a really good article, article from Sue Gardner. She wrote an article for McGill.ca and she says, and she kind of likens it to, you know, like, imagine it's the 1920s. This is what she says. I'm a buggy whips manufacturer and you make cars. Bill C-18 is the federal government saying, you need to give me money because nobody is buying my buggy whips anymore. And then you have to do it forever. And, you know, that's a real, you know, analogy we can all understand, right? Like, I would say, argue the same thing to you, whether we were talking about tech companies or not. If this was you and me and we were talking about a job or talking about a business you started and, and someone came along and did it better and then you sat there complaining to me that that person should pay you because why? Because they innovated and they did something better? Catch up or innovate yourself or you're dead. Like, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. And that's not me saying journalism is not important. Of course, news is important. I do not think this is the answer at all. And it's going to have the complete opposite effect than what the government was trying to propose here. Am I overreacting? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it comes down to the, the question of whether or not the lawmakers really thought these things through. Uh, um, Meta's president of global affairs, his name is Nick Clegg, and he had characterized C-18 um, saying that it's based on a fundamentally flawed premise and saying that, you know, Meta, and I guess by extension, Google doesn't unfairly benefit uh, from people sharing links to news contents on their platform. Um, the reverse is true. The publishers are sharing thing, sharing content and people are sharing content, uh, publishers content on these platforms because it benefits them to do so. Like, like these news outlets themselves are sharing the links yes. on Facebook. These news outlets themselves have are part of Apple or Google News and have not chosen to opt out. So if sharing links on these platforms is harming them, then why would they actively harm themselves, right? Like Exactly it, it what even... I'm saying. One of the larger questions then is that you, you, you mentioned about the Canadian government controlling what people see on, on the internet. And most a few months ago, we had the passage of Bill C-11, which is under the guises of, you know, Canadian content for online media. So basically the Canadian government via CRTC now wants to impose CanCon, Canadian content rules on YouTube on, and other platforms. And funnily enough, a whole lot of YouTubers, a whole lot of Canadian YouTubers said, what are you doing? This is crazy. This is not broadcast media where there is a, a, a limited amount of spectrum that has been divvied up to broadcasters using the airwaves and therefore they have a certain duty to the public because they've been you know allocated that by the government it's public airwaves and you know then we've got the you know the concan rules uh, that apply to the radio stations or because they're using these public airwaves and you know is the, the there's the MAPL standard for music, the music, the uh, the artist, the publisher, and the 
I can't remember what the L is license. I can't even remember nowadays. It's been a long time since I was in the music biz, but the same kind of thing. So they're trying to control ultimately under the guises of protecting Canadian culture and content in Bill C-11. And now with C-18, it's like, oh, we're protecting Canadian news journalism. It's all about protecting, protecting, protecting. And I, I get that. But how far should this go? Like really, so the rule of the role of government is like protected citizens, you know, of things like police forcing, policing, Mm -hmm. uh, the military and stuff like that. You know, in Canada, we like to protect people's health with universal health care, which is not free. We pay a whole lot of taxes for that. But people might argue, you know, pros and cons of that versus a different type of system, say, in the U.S., which is actually a bit of an outlier around the world. But this whole kind of idea is like, oh, we got to protect this, protect that. And it's like it, it, it's you get this mission creep or mm -hmm. scope creep. And ultimately, what you end up with, is this really a question about saving Canadian news? Or is it about controlling Canadian news? Because Bingo. there's a bit of a conflict that starts to arise when the government, you've already got the Canadian government doling out millions of dollars to cash to various publishers to in one effort to save journalism has been going on for a few years. But as a part of that, there are strings attached. And there are certain standards that they want said outlets to be maintaining and you 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 push the envelope a little too much maybe some uh some heterodox views that are kind of contrary to the narrative of the current government and i say current on purpose um you know it's all well in so there's that obvious conflict there when the media is basically towing the line or is in beholden to the party in power because that's all well and good when you like the folks that are in charge right now well, what happens when the other party gets in power, the folks that you don't like so much? Do you really want those same sort of strings attached? And all of a sudden, they've got to start marching to the beat of a different drummer, a government that you're not so much in favor of? Like, think these things through, people, and especially when it comes to supporting these sorts of, of, of issues. So, you know, the, the idea is that this whole the premise uh, uh, of this 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 bill is kind of it's not like it's written for this different era, you know, one where the decentralized networks don't you know, exist, one where AI doesn't exist, and and the like. But there's this larger kind of elephant in the room, which is about controlling the the message, controlling the media, and even if it's not explicit, if it's just implicit, like, well, I don't want to put jeopardize our organize you know news organization because of we, if we criticize the government too much, blah blah blah. But ultimately, what you're saying about adapt or die, I mean, the newsletters could be doing, I mean, some of them have adapted well, but they could and should be doing more to promote their own platforms. Um, they should be building value, experimenting with different business models. New York Times has figured out a way to survive. Yes. They've got a paywall. This right? is what I was just going to ask yeah. you, because like to me, I'm going to sum up and just say this is government overreach. I'll go there. <laughs> I'm living in the States now, so I'm going to call out the Canadian government. Um, <laughs> no, tread on me. You've really, right? you've, you've fully gone native, right? <laughs> right. America. No, I'm kidding. Um, I love you, Canada. Um, but to me, it's overreach because they're misdiagnosing what the issue is, right? Like they're basically saying, as you have said, that these news agencies aren't getting their fair share of ad revenue. And that's the problem. When really the problem is these news, agent, news agencies need to find more sustainable sources of revenue. So exactly like what you're saying, part of this is maybe on their end. Part of it could sure be on the government end if you're very concerned about news. On the news outlet end, it's exactly what you're saying. Some have found success doing things like paywall. And New York Times is the perfect example of that. I mean, you get what? 
three articles a month or whatever it is. And they're like, sorry, you've reached your limit. Wired Magazine does that for Wired. There's so many. There's local ones here in Arizona that do it. And they might even only give you like one free. And then it's like, if you want access to this, pay to play, which you paid for a newspaper back in the day. So it makes sense to me, right? Like they've figured out certain certain ways to do it. They figured out their apps and, you know, add revenue from their apps and they kind of can control that narrative and revenue stream. They're great. But didn't the federal government already like make it possible for Canadian news organizations to register as charities, which would help. (laughs) And then also they introduced a bunch of tax credits. So it's like, I'm really friggin' struggling here to understand why this overreach was even a sparkle in a lawmaker's eye. Like, I just think it's bull. I'll beat myself. So it's just register as a charity, Tasia, like a non-profit or, or, you know, maybe slightly better, a not-for-profit. I mean, therein lies the rub. These are news organizations that are profit-driven, be they private or public, (laughs) and they want to make money. So what better way to make money than get giant tech companies who there's really no love lost for for lots of you know by lots of folks you know the big easy enemy and we'll just get them to subsidize their business for us no i'm going back to this is such an argument of like we're gonna get back into like different generations and stuff but young kids nowadays everybody's entitled and that's what i feel like is happening here just because somebody else did something better or figured out a way which by the way as we have discussed is benefiting mm-hmm. these organizations. It doesn't mean you also get a piece of their pie. The other aspect for the other, uh, the other approach to doing things like the paywalls and the subscriptions are partnerships. So what we're talking about here are partnerships. And we've also mentioned that Google and Meta have done partnerships. Correct. Apple News. So... They For years and years, they've got something called Apple News and Apple News Plus, and there's a certain amount of free stuff that you can get through Apple News. If you subscribe to Apple News Plus, you can access tons more. And within that paradigm, there's also the opportunity to get even more from your some of your favorite publishers and giving you an opportunity to subscribe easily. Apple pays the partners to be part of this program because they are providing value to Apple users who are paying Apple. So fair is fair, right? Users pay Apple. Apple pays the journalism partners here. So, hey guys, maybe you can do this with Apple or so with, with Meta and Google, but do you need to be doing this at the the barrel of a metaphorical government gun or should you be doing it because it might make sense to do so? And the details of said uh, deals could involve things like, all right, well, if you pay us this much and you can include the whole article on your own platform and people don't need to link through because, and then we're going to lose that ad revenue, but you're paying us a certain amount because we're losing those ad impressions. Now on the other way to look at it is like, Hey, feel free to continue linking to us. We're not going to you know, ask the, the, uh, the, the government to, to bully you into paying us money Link to us. You can use a single sentence synopsis. Mm-hmm. But you can't you you can't scrape anything else from us. You got to link to us, and that's fair, right? That seems fair yes. to me. Like like if you're paying journalists to investigate and write these stories, then yeah, you shouldn't get the entire article scraped and in, and include. Now the problem is is you're also battling the attention span of the current user. What 
is the are people going to be fine with just a headline and, or you know a headline and a, and, a, and a synopsis and not even bother clicking through anyhow i think we've got that's a larger concern and now all of a sudden the government's trying to you know force companies to like battle human nature the another part of human nature is people love stuff for free right so Let's say this all blows up in the government's face and, and Google and Meta opt out. You're not seeing Canadian links anymore. People love free and they don't want to pay. So um, yeah, we're just going to see American news now. Yep. Or, or BBC. American like, news will cover or, it if it's important. Yeah. Or RT. You know, next thing you know, you got like basically propaganda networks for the Russia, you know, proxy right. networks like RT, Russia Today, which is problematic in its own way or others, you know, sponsored by various Middle Eastern, you know, regimes that are problematic in their own ways as well. So um, like Current TV was one that Al Gore sold his, you know, a network, he sold it to Qatar, one of those countries. The, the onus should be on, in, in my opinion, the onus should be on the people running these news organizations to figure it out and cut those deals if they want to deal with stipulated terms. Yeah, it's your intellectual property. You say, if you don't want stuff scraped, cool. I mean, that's your right. There's very, very simple ways to do that uh, online. And it doesn't, it's not going to prevent some bad actors like, you know, spam sites and, you know, content farms and whatnot from doing that. But I think they should just like maybe try harder and not go running as a as general for any business. Don't go running to the government. And that could be, I mean, Oil companies, same kind of, you know, there's, why are we still subsidizing, you know, oil companies? Um, do we want to be taxing like EV, you know, EV makers to keep the oil companies afloat? Like, does that make any sense? It's not an exact analogy, but it's all these kinds of things. It's like it's the business models or business practices or um, resources of the past moving to the future. Should the future be subsidizing the past? We're creatures of habit. So first of all, we want things for free, like you were saying. And we're creatures of habit. So if Facebook and Google stick to their guns and say, no, nah, we're blocking mm -hmm. your links. We're not doing it. We're not doing this game. We're already giving you traffic. So enough is enough. It's a big ask, though, for people to change their habits. Mm -hmm. So if you already get your news from a Google search or for me, like, I use the Google app and like all my cards are there with like news that I get. I go to news.google.com, you know, like when I'm waiting for a video to render and I like catch up on my news, you know, I'm even using the new generative AI search experience in Google. Um, and even with that, which has gotten a bit of getting used to like at the top of your search results page, that's pulling summations from different sources. So like, let's say they pull from say three or four articles They'll highlight exactly where it comes from. But even in that summation, it's click through to those sites and you click through and it shows you exactly highlighted in that article on that news organization's website where they pulled that information from. So that's really an, like what you're saying, where I see like a lot of negotiating power in terms of like the news agencies to say like, hey, we love that summary. We want to be we want to be in that summary, like at the top of like my Google AI search experience. Cause that's probably how people are mostly going to be using Google once it's like widely rolled out. But it's like, I see a lot more of a partnership there as opposed to needing the government intervention, which is why I wish there was more transparency on what really happened in Australia, because it really does seem like that's kind of what happened is they negotiated separately with these companies, which brings me to the point of like, so Google and Facebook. So Facebook has like stopped talking to the government of Canada right now. Google was just talking with them this past week and now has said, we've gone back to the negotiating table with you. And this is nothing more than quote, a link tax. 
and we ain't gonna pay it. I'm paraphrasing that part, but that's pretty much what Google is saying. So like, are we pushing a panic button here, Tristan? Like what's gonna happen? Like, ah, what do we do? Like, what's the, like, is there room in this bill? Do we know what the nuances are? And is there room in this bill that's like, you can negotiate this separately with the companies or is that what makes it different from the Australian one? And like, are we panicking? I'm getting my panic button and I'm ready to push it. <laughs> On behalf of all of my friends and family in Canada, what do we do? Change well, a VPN. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. You're going to see a lot more YouTubers uh, <laughs> promoting ExpressVPN and NordVPN and VPN and so on. Now, I, th I don't think we need to panic in terms of the uh, Google and Meta pulling the Canadian news sites, because that's not happening while they're in negotiation with the, with the Canadian government. Now, if they were to go ahead and do that, there are some... some some pretty serious ramifications there. And I, I don't think, well, let's just go back one step. Honestly, I don't think Facebook is great for news in general no. because Facebook is algorithmically driven and we've seen we're what happens. So Tristan. when you, right? When <laughs> Wait, we, we're not arguing whether it's yeah. a good news source. <laughs> but it's so would it be a huge, source. would it be a huge loss quite frankly? But the problem is, is if it would be, I would prefer that they just removed all news from Facebook, quite honestly, because the way the algorithm works, it favors, uh, you know, salaciousness. It favors clickbait. It favors uh, headlines that inflame and enrage people. So you tend to engage with those things and then you see more of that. Are you really going to have a well-balanced media diet in there? We've seen the, um, you know, it's well, a, you see passive consumption where people are just getting seeing what's you know, put in front of them because that's what their friends are sharing or that's what's being suggested by the platform. There's the risk of echo chambers where people are just seeing more of what they agree with anyhow, not to mention the whole fake news kind of idea. Google News, as you mentioned, is different because you can, you know, you can tailor it and it's not quite as algorithmically driven necessarily. I honestly wish more people would use RSS, which is an open standard that's been around for a couple of decades. You know, I, unfortunately, Google Reader, when it got killed, uh, a lot of people thought that RSS disappeared. It, it did not. There were lots uh, of great RSS readers out there, such as NetNewsWire, which was resurrected a couple of years ago for the Mac. Uh, I use a service called Feedly, and I use apps called Reader, R-E-E-D-E-R. -E -E and I choose my news outlets from a variety of viewpoints, be it tech or general news or other topics. Now, the thing is, there's still that same danger that people are only going to subscribe to RSS feeds of news outlets that they agree with. So you know, on one, one side of the political spectrum or, or the other. So that's not necessarily a, a great fix, but people are going to, th that issue is going to exist no matter what. People didn't necessarily subscribe to newspapers that they didn't agree with either, right? With, with maybe a few right. exceptions. Um, and another ramification of this whole situation with this bill coming through, Meta is actually terminating a contract with Canadian press that saw, that saw Meta supporting the hiring of, uh, of a number of emerging journalists at Canadian Press. So Meta and, and Google, I imagine, were involved in supporting programs for journalism. But no, this is all, the, the government's coming in, they're like, well, never mind that anymore. Why are we even trying to, yeah. to help, right? So, um, and then the other thing that people aren't talking about here is that this whole scheme favors large media organizations. We talked about the dangers of consolidation earlier, but big tech companies like Google and Meta are not going to necessarily be terribly incentivized to negotiate with smaller independent outlets. They'll do the post medias. They'll do the you know, Bell Media, which owns you know, CTV. They'll do Rogers and you know, the, the, they'll go for the you know, 
the 80, the 80 percent. But what about the 20 percent that represents, you know, slightly you know, more, slightly more fringe views or just different perspectives, not so corporate? I thought that, you know, the our federal government was, you know, was suspicious of corporations. Well, only when they're corporations that maybe weren't that aren't Canadian or aren't in businesses like media that can help tell the government tell their own story. So if we have, is you know, what, what's going to be the incentive for Google News to like do a deal with The Blaze, which is a, you know, an online right-wing outlet or The Walrus, which is a smaller kind of left-wing outlet that has some thoughtful pieces in there, not to mention like dozens and dozens of others. Are those ones, you know, are those just going to kind of disappear from Facebook and Google News because it wasn't really worth doing deals with them. Like again, think these things through, government. Like, or or then you're just going to force them to do deals with everyone. So we could set up our own little wingnut site, and then we've got to then we're going to get some of that sweet Facebook and and Google money. Like, come on. So, Tristan, uh, I believe what the argument here is: don't bite the hand that feeds. <laughs> They're giving I mean, you free traffic. Did. Yes. And you're posting your own links on these places and they're getting you traffic. Figure out a way to better monetize that traffic. Don't panic. And negotiate. And then if push back, if there's if they're scraping too much, there's 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 lots of room to play around the edges here for for sure. But it's regulation favors the incumbents, the big companies. Always remember that. It's the little guys that always get hurt when big things like this happen. To your point, your exact thing is why another reason. I think we're on number 75, why this bill makes no sense, is the very thing that they're trying to fight against. Like, oh, big tech. Well, who do you think is going to benefit? Like, not all your news organizations are, first of all, none of them are going to benefit from this, not even the big ones. Mm -hmm. But like, anyone that's going to survive this is only going to be your big conglomerates. So your whole point, it's just... And you're also it, assuming to, that to they're going to take... To quote a Canadian of ours, isn't it ironic, don't you think? <laughs> oh, thanks, Alanis Morissette. <laughs> but yeah, ultimately, are, are those funds going to go to support journalism in the newsroom, or are they going to go to support the bottom line of these companies and benefit the you know, Rogers and Bell shareholders and post-media shareholders, et cetera? I wish I had a ding, are you ding, going to start regulating that as well? How you, you Like, come on. Anyway, don't even... Don't, I was going to say, don't even get me started, but it's too late. Don't we, not only started. did we start, but we're done. Okay. I know everyone's going to be thinking, oh my God, when when is this going to take effect and all this kind of stuff? But so listen, this law technically passed back in June. 22nd. Yeah. So June 22nd. And it's going to come into effect at the end of this year. So we, we haven't really been given like an exact date, but basically it's going to be about six months time or so. Here's the thing though. Meta has said that they will soon begin to block Canadian news content for between about one to five percent of roughly 24 million Facebook users in Canada. So they're going to start slowly already doing this, maybe to see if that's, you know, maybe their idea is to nudge in the right direction. If enough users get pissed, if enough of these news organizations lose traffic with just that one to five percent reduction you know, maybe there's a bit more bargaining power there um, remains to be seen. So I think, Tristan, what you're saying is don't hit the panic button yet. There are solutions. Negotiations can still happen. We're going to err on the side of, oh, please, God, no. <laughs> 
here's a here's a free tip for the the old school news uh, companies. If you haven't already done so, and I know that a lot of you haven't, because I've looked at a lot, you should probably have some kind of um, overlay pop-up type thing when people arrive on your site and they spend a few seconds on there, they scroll down an article and start capturing email addresses, start building a direct relationship with your audience. Don't let yourselves be commoditized as just another outlet in Google News or on Facebook or TikTok for that matter. You know, build an actual relationship with your audience, respect your audience, deliver value to them, get them signed up for some sort of email newsletter with daily bulletins and build value for those premium subscriptions with those for those long form articles or deep dives or what have you. Figure it out. Act like a 21st century internet publisher and not like a 19th century newspaper baron. <laughs> getting street urchins to flog your wares on every street corner. Extra, extra, read all about it. You got to go to the United States to get Canadian news. <laughs> Can I offer a, a, a link for your listeners? Uh, anytime you have issues like this, the government getting a little head, a little enthusiastic about trying to regulate uh, technology, there's an author uh, that we've talked about before on another little show that we do together. And his name is Michael Geist. If you go to michaelgeist.ca, he generally has some pretty thoughtful views on these, these issues, whatever they may be. And he's not always anti-government, but he's thoughtful. And that's what counts. A darn sight more thoughtful than a lot of the lawmakers. And also, if anyone is looking to hire Tristan, <laughs> because he spewed in about one minute, five, six things you could be doing to adapt or die. <laughs> <laughs> Check out YouTuber JJ McCullough as well. He follows a lot, a lot of this sort of these sorts of issues pretty closely too. Whether it's Bill C11 or Bill C18 and, and the like, anything related to online media. And he, to be fair, he leans a little uh, to the conservative side, you know, economically if not socially, uh, but generally pretty centrist otherwise. But um, worth checking his work out too. And let's just say if you are in Canada and you are listening, and you're pissed or confused or upset or confounded as we are by this, you know, use your voice and just let people know what's happening. I think, I think a lot of times consumers forget, like we drive everything. We drive all the information. We drive all of these platforms that are popular. We drive all, you know, what we're paying for stuff at stores and what we're buying and where stuff is manufactured. We we, at the end of the day, I do feel like have some of the power. But with your dollars and your eyeballs. Bingo. Where can people hear interesting, thoughtful analysis about these sorts of issues and other texts and entertainment stories on a weekly basis, Tasia? Well, so funny you should ask. Interestingly <laughs> enough, on Tuesday evenings, we do a podcast. And as I introduced Tristan earlier in this podcast, we are co-hosts along with some other wonderful experts and friends of ours of Momentous Live. And we go live every single Tuesday night. Sometimes I'm there. <laughs> but you can head to momentous.tv slash links if you want more information on Momentous. We talk about all things, you know, tech and EVs and Twitter Movies, and Elon TV Musk shows. and yeah, <laughs> the whole gamut, the whole gamut. Gaming, Google, which you love, Lego. You know, God, yeah, gaming, which I just love. Science, yeah. space. I'd ask you if you're in Canada to Google hats. Momentous TV, but you know, <laughs> Google it We're now, still there for now. everything's blocked. We're still there for now. 
Thank you so much for having me, Tasia. Thank you so much for joining me. Once again, next time, maybe I'll have you back on for something a little more light and fun. (laughs) Thank you, Tristan. I appreciate it. See you next time. All right. For those of you listening, I would love to hear your thoughts. So leave a comment on this episode and let me know what you think of Bill C-18. And if you enjoyed today's episode, well, I want to know that too. Share it with friends on social media, leave a comment or connect with me on the interwebs. I'm at Tasia Custody on all the things. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love for you to leave a review that really helps others find this podcast too. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Talk Techie to Me, and we'll chat real soon.